0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Wattling and Own Show here on a Monday night. A lot to get into. I will spare the, the, the well-beings and the, the hellos to Matt because we have so much to get into today. Everything that went down this weekend was major. I mean, you had the, the Mets and the Yankees series, probably the most entertaining Subway series since that uh, 2000 World Series. You have the, of course, football is, is all the way back. We've got football. Uh, a football heavy odd man rush. We've got the Giants, the Bills, and the Jets all losing. But I think based on our expectations for all the teams, that we kind of fall in different spots uh, as to how important those losses are. But we actually start on the baseball diamond, Matt. Who would have thought after all that football we would start with baseball? But last night, uh, the Yankees and the Mets game got a little chippy with the Mets coming out on top seven to six. But uh, there was kind of some beef going on. It started on Saturday night when Taiwan Walker was on the mound. Uh, you could hear some whistling coming from the Yankees' dugout. It was Wandy Peralta, one of the Yankees' pitchers. The Mets ac- uh, accused the uh, uh, the Yankees of sign-stealing, of kind of tipping pitches. Well, Taylor Walker was tipping pitches. The Yankees were apparently relaying signs. I know that's been proven, but that's how Francisco Lindor and company felt. So then when Lindor hits a home run, he does a little whistle motion. Then Stanton hits a home run, and he kind of slows down his trot, and that leads to the jawing between Stanton and Lindor. The bench is clear, and, and Matt, what was a really kind of tension-filled moment, but probably the most exciting game of the year for these two teams. Oh, it was awesome.
1: It was, it was so fun to watch. The excitement, the energy that both teams had was really just – it was fun. I mean, Luke, you know I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I was watching that game, I you know, I guess after the, the Rams-Bears game. I was fully invested watching right on my couch had the uh, – what was it on? It was on ESPN. It was on – ESPN, yeah. ESPN. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought for some reason the football game was on ESPN. I got my days all mixed up. But I was sitting here. It's, it was appointment television, Luke. This entire Subway series was, when you think about it. The emotions from the 9-11, you know, 20-year anniversary on Saturday. They did a great job with the 45-minute um, pregame ceremony. You know, you had the players standing arm-in-arm. Arm and, and I'm going to get into this just because it came up to mind, Luke. But the, the tweets of, oh, the two best pitchers in New York and, and Garrett Cole – staying next to each other, like that Twitter thing that happens across every sport is so stupid. Yep. And I know it's not something I should be bringing up right now, but just that idea of the, oh, this guy isn't that good. Oh man, look, it's the two best pitchers and Garrett Cole. Like, can we not, can we not, I don't care. Like, don't use this as a forum to, to spew nonsense, whatever. And then and this is taking out what I think of the players. This is just the, the idea of doing yep. that bothers me. But getting back to the important part, I mean, that was a fun series. And, you know, there's a lot of statements saying, oh, you know, Lindor's three home run night. That was his Mets moment. Now he's a real Met. And look, I don't like the idea of people saying, hey, the only reason he did it is because it's against the Yankees. It wasn't a a Yankee thing. It was a this is one of our biggest rivals thing. So I don't know what the issue is with, you know, proclaiming it. This was his biggest moment as a Met. Sure, it didn't come in the playoffs. We haven't gotten there yet. And I think this was a really special moment for Lindor that, frankly, it has to endear the fans to him. I don't care if they're out of the playoffs right now. I don't care if they're three games back or five games back. What happened last night and this entire weekend for the Mets was special, and they should be allowed to, to celebrate this because that was a big win. And you know what, Luke? I would say the same exact thing if the Yankees won that game. I would say what a special moment for John Carlos Stanton as a Yankee.
0: Yeah, and I think if, if you're a Mets fan, you have to hope it's the first of many moments because you haven't had that many so far from Francisco Lindor, and I mean, if you take, you know, if you go outside from an outsider's perspective, you know, if you're not a Yankees fan or a Mets fan, or even if you are, I mean, even myself as a Yankees fan, like, that was a, a cool moment that it was Lindor that had the home run. Like, obviously, it is, like, immediate, like, terrible feeling if you're if you're a Yankees fan, but from just a baseball fan standpoint, I mean, what a moment to have Lindor hit his third home run, a go-ahead home run after all the jawing, after all the talk, and those two games, I mean, Saturday night was a great game as well. You had Aaron Judge hit the two home runs. Uh, and I think Judge really has solidified himself this weekend and then today as well as really the, the captain, the heart and soul of this team. I, and after Saturday night, he said, You know, I'm a California guy, but my heart and soul is, is with this city, is with New York. And I think that's what we saw from the series was a real passion for the city because you had the, you know, the 9 11 tributes, which, which were obviously very, very touching. It was a very emotional day on Saturday. And then you have, The game on Sunday, you know, the the two pictures side by side where it's the the teams together for the memorial and then the teams kind of going at it uh, on Sunday night. But I think it was great to hear, you know, the crowd reactions. Everyone was standing fired up. You heard the Let's Go Mets counter by the Let's Go Yankees. It was a great weekend, I think, for New York baseball. It felt like playoff baseball, right? The energy, the excitement, everything about that game, that
1: series felt like playoff baseball. And I think that's why I'm okay with saying this was Lindor's signature moment because it was a big series. Like, let's be real here. This was a huge series, and now the Mets winning that one. Sure, there's a little extra juice from it, but you just won two out of three against a team that's close to a playoff team, right? I mean, this is a, a series win for the Mets that is a really big one when you consider the the, the lookout and, and where they're heading as a team because yeah, you, beat, they go... you just beat some schlub team. You beat the Yankees who, while they're flawed, are also, what, 15 games, about 500 right now? Yeah,
0: <laughs> 16 after today. It's crazy. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about with all the, the, the ups and downs and things like that. The Yankees are still 16 games over five hundred. It just does not feel like that. Meanwhile, the Mets are kind of back in things. And the reason why it's kind of crazy when we talk about the Mets now is they are still five games back in the division. So my prediction, Matt, still, it still could happen. I said they wouldn't finish within five games. But they're now three games back of the wild card. And there's a lot of teams to hop, to hop over. But they play the Cardinals right now, then followed by the Phillies. So it was really big for them to win two out of three games here. Um and now the the Mets and the Yankees kind of go their separate ways, but for one weekend it, it really felt like like you said playoff baseball. And Francisco Lindor said it. It felt like playoff baseball. It was just it was just hot outside. It wasn't cold yet. Yeah, it was special. And and right now,
1: Luke, the the uh, Mets rather down two nothing to the Cardinals. It's Rich Hill and Adam Wainwright that basically two of the oldest pitchers in in all baseball. So it, did you the see the that... uh, the umpire the umpire situation? Oh yeah, that was that game too, right?
0: Yeah, ground ball, short. the cardinal shortstop, threw and, and hit the ump in the head. He was bleeding. Stayed in the game, though. I mean, that's a real that's – a, that's, that's a baseball guy move right there. He, he must have played hockey back in his day, let me tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. A, a real, real talk- man.
1: A real, you know, a real baseball player would have sat that one out for the next 10 games.
0: That's but right. Was, uh, no. But, yeah, my, you know what my other point was, Matt, with the whole bench clearing? John-Claus Stanton could have had one arm tied behind his back and crushed Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor at the same time.
1: But do we think his, his, uh, his injury history might have backfired on that one? You know, Rick Pietro got in a fight once, Luke, with, uh, with Brent
0: Johnson, the goaltender for the
1: Penguins, and he was out like four months with a broken jaw.
0: I just like how every time there's almost a, a brawl, because it never actually happens nowadays, but everyone's like, could you imagine Judge and Stanton in a brawl? But, like, they're the two guys that are, like, least likely to get him. A... Like, Aaron Judge isn't going to throw hands with anyone. Like, he's too nice of a guy. He's not going to do it. It'd be Odor and it'd be Gardner. Yeah, and I still fun.
1: think those two could take on the entire Mets team, save for Pete Alonzo, because he's got some he's got some bite to him. I mean that mustache is really going for him.
0: Yeah, but so a really fun series there. Um the Mets coming on top though, and now like like I said, they go separate ways and and we'll see if, if either team can make a push for the playoffs. But we've got we've got to take we've gotta turn things to kind of a uh a downer subject because the New York football giants came into this season and we talked about how important these first two games are because uh, you know, they're against teams that maybe aren't the best, although I thought Denver looked pretty good. But either way, they're, they're not, you know, the Chiefs or anything like that. And the Giants got their their butts handed to them. They lost 27 to 13. Uh, I believe one of those scores was, was late as well. Um, and to, to be frank, the team just wasn't good. I mean, the defense couldn't get off the field. Uh, the offensive line had a lot of rough plays. Uh, Saquon Barkley couldn't really get going. Daniel Jones, to me, had the, the biggest play of the game was the Daniel Jones fumble. Uh, Giants are down 10 in the red zone. Uh, Daniel Jones takes off to run. He's not even hit from behind. He, he just doesn't go down. He's stripped of the ball. Uh, Denver takes over, it, and that was basically it. So a really bad start for the Giants this season. And and to me, you know, it's a quick turnaround, so they have a chance for redemption. And I'm, it's week one, so we can't overreact. But with this team, every game is so important, especially when you look, Deeper their schedule, and they play these tough teams. You want to play these teams at least close. So for the Giants to put up a really big stinker in Week One, I think is a concern. It's
1: brutal, Luke, and thanks for saving me as I take a sip of water there. Yeah, that was,
0: but that was a little audible for me. But for, Omaha. Th- for
1: this team, like, do you trust the Giants going to Washington to, to win this game? And and if you don't, you know how embarrassing that is. That you're facing Taylor Heineke, that's the quarterback that's going to outduel your sixth overall pick. I mean. If Daniel Jones can't get around this, and look, it's not all Daniel Jones. He had a fine day, right? The fumble wasn't great. He was relatively okay 22 for 37, 267. The run game was non existent. And I get it. Saquon Barkley will get better. He only had 28 snaps played this weekend, he only had 10 carries. He's a guy that likes to have the ball in his hands because maybe he's going to get you, you know, two, two and a half yards a carry. But he's going to break out for a 40-yard gain every so often. And, and that's what you kind of wait for. And, Luke, I was listening to the K-Show today, big surprise, and they were basically saying Barkley is, me- is supposed to be your Christian McCaffrey. And why hasn't he been that guy? And I think part of that reason, aside from today, take today out of the equation, or yesterday rather, because he's been hurt, it might be play calling. Because why can't you dump it off to Saquon Barkley? It'll, it'll solve the offensive line problem it'll give some confidence to Daniel Jones that he can get the ball out in time and get into a rhythm. And it's going to put Barkley in some kind of open space to actually make some moves. And for this offense ran by Jason Garrett to, to run the ball on second and long. I mean, I I would love to see the numbers on what their, their third down and distance was because it must've been more
0: than like six or seven. I mean,
1: they're never getting third and manageable.
0: Never. No, they weren't. And I think, I think, Jason Garrett, I mean, we saw it last year, his his play calling is boring. It's uncreative. It doesn't really give chances. Um, But I think it's a two-way street. I think it's also knowing that your offensive line maybe isn't the greatest, so you have to get the ball out quick. Um, But I don't know. I think it could be play calling. I also think maybe it's a Daniel Jones thing as well, because most plays your running back is there. Like, he's usually there for a check down. You know, whether you take it or not, uh, is it's kind of up to you. But if they don't have a linebacker in the flat, you can usually make that play. So I think that Jason Garrett definitely deserves – a good you know a chunk of the blame but it's hard for me to ignore you know daniel jones averaging seven yards per per, per pass i mean to me that's not good enough to me uh he can do better i mean the first, really if you look at the you know if you take it's kind of like we're going to talk about sam donald later if you take out that that long completion on the first drive of the game when i think denver it was an offsides call and, and they were able to let it uh, let it loose and he found i i want to say it was either shepherd or slayton down the sideline like a 40-yard gain. If you take that play out, I mean, almost everything was, you know, a five-yard out, uh, you know, slants, really nothing down the field. Um, and to me, it, it was another case of Daniel Jones just not being special. Like, he was fine. Like you said, he was okay. But he didn't really put you in a chance to win the game. In the moment, And in a chance to, to cut the lead when you're down by 10, you fumble the ball. So that's 30 fumbles now in 28 career starts for Daniel Jones. And, and that was a big concern last year, and it, it carries over to this year. It is, and it's got to get better, Luke. It just has to. You've I just don't know if he smart solved the ball. I just don't know. It's so hard. What? I think to, to teach just holding on to the ball. It seems like such a a simple task. Did you see the
1: the still image of him trying to cover the ball with his two hands and his I top didn't. hand just isn't touching the ball?
0: Oh boy! So he's just I have like to
1: find it. Just <laughs> he was. You know how like when a quarterback holds the ball at the top yeah. and the bottom.
0: Yeah,
1: his top hand just wasn't touching the ball. Oh, I have to find it. I think I know who tweeted it out, but it was just it was so funny. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous that something like that happens. And and I look at this team, Luke, and I kind of – I don't know where you go. And it's going to be a long season. I mean, this is only week one, Luke, and it feels like it's going to take – it's going to be another one of those seasons. And it doesn't have that same energy that last year had, right? No, because – It doesn't have that excitement that last
0: year had. Because they can't have – they have more expectations. They can't do what they did last year. They can't – you know, be that that fun team that goes out and plays hard for Joe Judge and they lose. Because now it's like, you got to show me something. You can't be that team every single year. It's just not – it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. I mean, this is the New York Giants we're talking about. They've made made the playoffs, what, one time in the last 10 years? Like, they've been – One time since the Super Bowl. Yeah, they've been – and it was the, you know, the the boat year. So it's been that bad and it's just so crazy because, to me, you know, growing up, it's like the Giants are always there. You know, they're always – you know, either making a run to the Super Bowl or at least they're, they're in the playoffs. And, and Eli Manning was always solid enough, but they've taken a complete turn. They're a completely different team. And at least the, the one thing that I thought was going to be, you know, good going into this year was the defense. And it's been one week, but they look pretty bad too. So it's kind of like they didn't really get bailed out. The offense didn't get bailed out. So if both sides of the ball aren't working, then I don't really know where this team goes.
1: It's sort of a catch 22 with that, Luke, because you sit there and say, look, the defense wasn't very good. They were horrible on third down. They couldn't get off the field. But also, the offense wasn't giving them any time to rest. And I think this defense needs to overcome that, right? I think this defense needs to be better than than average, obviously. It needs to be a defense that can get that stop. Because right now, Luke, they were 7 for 15 on third down, was Denver. And in those eight opportunities that they missed, they were 3 for 3 on fourth. I mean, this isn't. Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos. This is Teddy Bridgewater. And listen, hey, that's your man. That's I'll your take boy a victory right lap there. for it. I'll yeah. take a victory lap. I mean, that's my guy, Teddy Bridgewater, baby. He's he's amazing. He's great. Not only did he perform, Luke, and I'll pull up his numbers for you in just a moment. Not only did the great Teddy Bridgewater throw for some
0: pretty good numbers as I pull him up here. Wait,
1: wait, man, man. 264. Wait, For two touchdowns, how about that?
0: You know what's crazy, though? If you look at uh, Daniel Jones and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, they put up very similar numbers, except Daniel Jones is a little bit more uh, inaccurate. But the numbers were pretty similar. But Jones had a 49.1 QBR to Teddy Bridgewater's 95.7. And obviously, Teddy did have two touchdowns. Um, I think he was more efficient as well, but it's he had just a interesting how.
1: Percentage too. Slightly. Yeah, and
0: that's obviously the big thing is the completion percentage, but it is interesting how the the average yards Teddy was seven point three, Daniel Jones was seven point two. But I think just the 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 big plays were there for Denver, like they were mm-hmm. getting you know fifteen yard chunks and, and airing the ball out. I mean, there's one play that uh, it was I think it was KJ Hamler, right? That was wide open down the field, and he dropped the touchdown. So it could have been even worse, but I just thought that was interesting how similar kind of they. They ended up yardage wise, but also Daniel Jones did have a little bit of garbage time too. He did and, and that last touchdown they scored
1: was was basically was that, right? It was garbage time. Yeah. And and Luke, not only that, but have we talk about let's start a dialogue for a minute, Luke, because all right or do you wanna get to Barkley? Because this dialogue's gonna transition us into the Bills. So I don't know when you'll right, wanna...
0: well, well, let's talk let's talk about Barkley quickly because I, I agree with what you said earlier. Um he's not a back that's you know, and, and we've mentioned it in the off season well, he's not a back that's gonna go for You know, five yards here, four yards. He's going to go for sometimes one, sometimes he's going to lose a yard. But he's going to hit that 60-yard run every once in a while. I just don't think he's there yet. I think he's going to get there. Like, when I look at Saquon Barkley, he had a bad game. You know, 10 rushes, 26 yards. It felt a lot like early on last year. But I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to be okay. I mean, look, he had a a major knee injury. He's coming back. He's just getting used to being hit again. Like, I think he's going to get there. You know, whether it comes, you know, two weeks from now, four weeks from now, five weeks from now, I'm not sure. But I'm not going to put Saquon Barkley in that category of I'm worried about, at least right now.
1: No, I'm not. But I, he's got to get better soon, right? Not, not necessarily for him, but for this team's sake. Because this Boy, team needs need him. him. They yeah. need this guy. He, he's your topic. He's the guy you need. And I really hope he has a good season because I really like him and he gets a lot of hype. And now it seems like that hype's being turned around on him. Where you know people are saying he's not that good, he's not this, he's not that. He's a great, great running back that just hasn't stayed healthy. And you look at McCaffrey and while he's certainly stayed healthier, I mean, the, I mean the, the called the way his quarterback has played certainly helps him too, right? For McCaffrey, where I, I imagine the offensive line has been a little bit better in his tenure versus Barclays. And when you've got a guy dumping the, the ball off you nine times in a game, that's going to help you pick up yards.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think also uh, with, with Barkley is, you know, does Daniel Jones, you know, does he trust him to to make these plays at this point? You know, does he trust him on, you know, a third and long to dump it off? Does he trust him to get those, you know, 10 yards or seven yards, whatever it is, they kind of have to build that back up as well because they haven't played together in a year. And it is something that requires communication because watching the bills game, big Ben and Najee Harris, were not on the same page when it came to to dumping the ball off and they kind of had, a few conversations, you know, that they weren't heated, but they were definitely stern conversations where it's like, hey, where were you? Hey, why weren't you here? Why wasn't the ball here? So it is something, you know, it it seems simple to just dump the ball off the running back and call it a day, but they have to be in the right spot. The quarterback has to know where they are, so maybe that's kind of part of it, too. And Luke, I think I have
1: to take my second victory lap of the day right now. We already got Teddy Bridgewater out of the day. Bridgewater's elite again. Thank you, guys. We know it. Not only is Teddy Bridgewater elite, but Sam Darnold, baby is better than josh allen we see the numbers in a real competent system sam Darnold's better he is luke yeah you know, i what really... say that 24 35 279 yards a touchdown a, a rate a quarterback rating of or a passer rating rather of 102 a quarterback
0: rating <laughs> i love how he was like a quarterback rating. isn't that what He's qbr having... is no, yeah, but you were like well, you were just like you didn't give the number. Well, you were just like a quarterback rating. No,
1: I meant passer rating. But the, the two numbers confused me, okay?
0: But in, in yeah, all seriousness, like Luke,
1: 279 yards for Sam Darnold on 35 attempts. 270 for the gunslinger Josh Allen on 51. 51 That's right. And did he fumble can too? Victory a lot. Did he fumble as he well? Did he fumble. did fumble. He fumbled twice. He recovered it once, I'll give him credit. But how about <laughs> that, Luke? Sam Darnold confirmed better than Josh Allen. I rest my case.
0: You know, I I, I was really going to uh, the comment on your tweet, but I didn't want to. I wasn't feeling angry yesterday. I, I didn't want to do it. I wasn't going to say, you know, not like Josh Allen faced a, a really uh, stout defensive front and Sam Donald faced the Jets. But I didn't say that because I'm not that guy. You know, You're the, the situation. Hey, called, they scored but... the same amount of points, so the defenses
1: are comparable. Pittsburgh's defense, the sure, Jets' defense, that's... they're comparable at this point. They're right there, 16 that's right. 18 points.
0: That's right. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a tough loss for the Bills, 23 to 16 at home. I mean, all the hype, all the, the talk. I mean, CBS having three of the four guys picked the Bills to come out of the AFC. I think that's just a, a sexy pick. I think that people don't want to take the Chiefs, so they'll take the Browns or the Bills. But either way, there obviously is a lot of hype around this team. And, and they didn't show up. They didn't show up at all, especially the offense. Um, Josh Allen has to be better and and that's, that's plain and simple. And I think he knows that. And I think with the expectations he has, I mean, we have to expect that out of him. We can't let him regress to, to the mean, if you will, he has to play to that high level that he played to last year that got him that contract. And look, Pittsburgh's defensive line is, is legit. And no one told me they got, they went out and got Melvin Ingram from the chargers. Cause I'm like, who is number eight on that defensive line? Because the numbers, you know, they're they're tri- They they tripped up Zach Wilson for the first half. They did,
1: uh, and Luke. Yeah. Let me say this: I hated people complaining about the numbers thing on Twitter. I was like, this is no, stupid. It, it and sucks. then I
0: saw it. I'm like, this is the worst thing it's I've seen tough. in my entire life. Yeah, Ugh. like you have tight ends where number six, number eight. Like, what's going on? They can't. Yeah. yeah, remember Tom Brady complained about it, and we were like, oh come on. But like, it's it, it thing. is tough. It's weird. I don't. I don't know what it is. Yeah it's weird I mean Emmanuel Sanders wearing number one it feels like college but not because you're just so used to not having yeah. that but like Kyle Pitts is wearing number eight I think and I was like who is that what's going on but uh nonetheless the Steelers defensive line is really good and we, we knew that but it felt even better I think the Bills offensive line got called for like five holdings like three were accepted like they could not block them if their life depended on it so it's definitely a big wake up call and I think it's a good kind of gut check to be like hey Maybe we're not going to run away with here. We have to tighten up.
1: It, they certainly do. And, Luke, I didn't get to watch too much of the game. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a, a cable TV situation in my new apartment, Luke, because watching on my computer it was, yeah, I'm was with- not it. It wasn't it. And then yeah. the CBS Sports app on my Xbox wasn't working. So I, it's rough, man. I, I, I might be having to invest in Sling TV or, or something. I got $40 to work with, $40 a month. So
0: let's see what I can I was, do. I was home, so I was able to watch, but I was thinking for, for my apartment, what am I going to do? Sling, it's expensive, too, but if you want certain channels and stuff. I was, so I was I
1: thinking of, of asking you to split sling. You know, we'll get the, the jumbo package, if you want to call it that, because that gives you both yeah. things. But we can't watch on a TV at the same time. Oh, that's and then – would be TV. able to have, like, one on the computer or one on the, on the phone and uh, one on the, the big screen, and I'm not going to put us through that, that situation. No. Then we're
0: going to have to fight over it. We can't have such turmoil. I know. It's like as if we kept our New York State Broadcasting Award that we won. I know. There would have been a lot of, of things. By the way, Matt, I thought I was expecting to see a trophy in the background of your set today, but I oh, don't. Oh, so I didn't really know where to put it behind me, but I do have it right next to me here. If you remember, right, there we go. To
1: showcase this bad boy. How about this? Wow. Our fantasy football trophy in the flesh. Beautiful. Luke gave it to me this weekend.
0: That's right.
1: Got I'm never going to
0: earn that. Thing. Got to meet the
1: Owens family, or the parents at least. right. A lovely time. by seven new mosquito bites.
0: Yeah, dude. I went inside and I had bugs on me still. It was bad. I don't I gotta, know what's gotta, going on. Mosquito's out and it's not summer really, so I don't, I I don't say, know. I to say, Luke, I'm a little worried this
1: is going to break because it twists pretty easily here. Well, it's screwed in. These it's twist screwed. pretty easily here and I am, I'm, miscar- I'm tight- scared it's going to drop. Why do I have to do it?
0: What do you mean why do you have to do it? If you think it's loose. Well, shouldn't it have been pre-tightened? It Titan, but if you well, really not, are that – Not this. This thing's falling around. Well, yeah, that's just like a sl- – I didn't even know that went with the trophy. It actually took me a minute. I thought it was just a plaque.
1: Yeah, I, I thought you'd put like the, the lovely name here on it. You know, I thought you put one of the nameplates here on, on the top piece here. I didn't but too. I didn't know what it was. I'll put this aside, and, and, and Luke, our, our good friend Mike Gross, who is the 2019 winner, think, thinks he deserves a week with it, and, yeah, and I don't know. Look, I, I don't know because this isn't me getting it for a week. This is me getting it because I won last year.
0: Yeah, and also is it a situation where it's gonna be like a Stanley Cup situation where people are, you know, drinking and partying with it and stuff like that? I mean, this is you can't have the trophy ruined. You know, you just I'm, got it.
1: It's in pristine condition, Luke. I mean I'm I'm waxing this be- this beauty. I'm dusting it off with a with a, a Swiffer duster almost every single night before I go to
0: bed. And the big brain move by me was to give it to you, so it's out of my hands now. You know, whatever happens
1: to it, it's like I, – It's I don't on know, me. It's... Now, Look, we have to decide how we're going to ship it to the next winner. And I think I was the thinking... loser should have to ship it. I agree, but to ship it is going to be a problem.
0: Like, that's yeah. a big
1: trope. Do we take it apart and then have the winner put it back
0: together? That's true. I, that could be a thing that happens. And, and then at every the, year – the get from. New... The website—it's pretty easy. You just order a plaque every year, and you okay. they, they stick on. It's, its very easy, actually. Gotcha. But now, let me yeah. ask you—you you don't have to give me a number, but uh,
1: how many paychecks did this—does this, this take out? Because this is a oh. monstrosity of a trophy.
0: Oh, that's a good a good bit, but you know the the league fund was raised this year, and obviously someone's gonna have to win that. But I felt like you know I was putting it towards a good cause, so yeah, it was it was it was not a whole paycheck. I mean that'd be a, that'd be. You know me. That would be a lot of mine now. But, uh, Especially the yeah. hours you work. Look, I, as the commissioner, I do that, and I still get slandered after, so I can't win. Who slandered you? You slandered me about the fumble rule. I didn't well, know that. Because
1: that was nonsense, and you, you, there's no I shot. You know what, Luke? I got to be honest, man, and I, don't, I probably should not be saying this, but I have to say it. As, as the commissioner, you got to be reading the rules back and forth, and you're just not doing it. First, this week 17 garbage in 2019. I'll give you credit. I'll give you some slack. It's the first year. Now you're pulling this garbage? You didn't know it was worth three points for a fumble. By
0: 25. You won by 25. And what if There's... I didn't? And what if I didn't, Luke? How you I guys to got... hold on to the ball. It's not – but, but the, the, you're changing the rules on me.
1: It's you like need to be penalized. It's like you're making a, a touchdown worth three instead of six. A touchdown in the NFL is worth six points. And now Roger Giles is yeah, like, but, oh, you should score more touchdowns to get six
0: points now. That's not how it works. Yeah, You're but at the same the time. The game. It's not my fault. I, I, I just go well, with the Yes, base it form. is. Read, read. You, you know what the
1: issue is? Is we're bringing this garbage sleeper into it. And look, I understand you That's like it. Face. I can't get into it. I don't That's know, an I, awful thing. I can't get into it. I can't. I don't like it. I don't like change. We know this. And I got to be the one thing that really sets me off, Luke, about this whole sleeper thing is that I can't check all the games and what's going on. How am I supposed to know what what's going mean? on in the, all these games? What do in, in the, in ESP- the fantasy game? Yeah, in the ESPN app, it's beautiful. You literally hit league. I've, they're all the
0: scores right here. I'm
1: talking about like the NFL scores. I'm a sleeper for the NFL scores. So I could see what's going on. Do you not have, like, an app? I have like, ESPN, but, ES, but ESPN Fantasy gives me a nice little selection of what's going on in the game when I want to pull it up.
0: Why would you ever look at the scores through a Fantasy it's
1: app? Just because I'm, while I'm in I'm, the app, while I'm checking my team, I want to say, oh, like, where's where, – if I have Odell, oh, where's, where are the Cleveland Browns? And I check it, and I see, oh, look at that. Like, Baker Mayfield's having a good day. It's the only a matter of time before Odell gets the ball. All
0: right, all right. I mean, look, I'm not – Whatever, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna acknowledge it because that that was a bad. You, you know I'm right. There. Call me a bad commissioner. Because you know I'm sleeper, right. Come on. No, sleeper is fantastic.
1: Well, I you know I'm right about you being a bad commissioner at this point.
0: No, I think
1: I I bought that nice trophy and this is how I'm repaid. You did, and, and I and I'm grateful for you, and I think you're an amazing man and a very generous commissioner. But right now you're just yeah. you're changing the rules on me. You're you're like Rob Manfred at this point.
0: And you're gonna look nice in your buzz cut. So let's just let's get that out of the way. All right, Uh, it's week one, you know, one and five. One and five. It's not great, but. I'm a Zoftic two and three. If the Raiders cover, I will be three and
1: three. Which is good. That's good. And and look, you always start out slow because these lines are wacky. And I was all in on Tennessee. I was all in on Tennessee. I I didn't mean to pick Green Bay. I meant to pick Minnesota instead. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because they both sunk. You would have lost either way. Yeah. But um,
0: no, you could not have expected that at Aaron Rodgers, man. No, that you, was crazy. You really can't. Uh, well, a minute left before odd man, man. I'll ask you this because we got we got off track by the Bills, but it's all right. We have a lot of time on Wednesday, anyways. Are you worried at all? No, nah. is the worry meter even? It's move, it's how? not even right. I don't think my worry meter
1: comes in until week four for this team. Even if you're at right. four, I think this team wins because you or wins the division. Because you look yeah, at yeah, we got. Sorry? No, continue. I mean, you look no, at the, the teams around them. New England looked okay, but they weren't any world beaters, right? They didn't light it up. I thought Mac Jones was nice, it but he's was. a rookie. Yeah. I mean, Miami, you won 17-16. Like, the, the, the best team in this division by far is Buffalo, and it's not even close. They're the only team with a sure thing quarterback. You have a competent enough defense. Maybe it's not the best in the, in the division, but it's good. And you know what? I'm not worried about them. I'm not. I I will be worried about them when it comes to the last three, four weeks of the season, and we'll see where it goes. Because right now they are by far the best team in this division, and they will be for a very long time at this point.
0: And I'll add to that quickly before odd, man. I mean, you look at the top three teams in the AFC, you know, projected-wise, the Chiefs and the Browns, I mean, they played a great game, but neither team looked great. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is pretty rough. The Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield leads the NFL in fourth quarter interceptions since he came in the league. That's an issue. Um, Tennessee got blown out. So I think a lot of teams, I don't know if it's poor game plan. I don't know if it's the whole, you know, the, the real season doesn't start till you know, October when teams are really getting in the groove or what. But some teams look sloppy. Some teams look great. So it, it's always tough to read week one. Bills have to be better. I think they know that. Um, and with that, I transition you over to Odd Man Rush, where we've got a lot more football to talk about.
1: We do. It's basically a football uh, – it's football every day at this point. The, the show kind of runs itself, Luke, because only two shows. we got football recaps, football previews. No odd man rush on a Wednesday and we recap basically the NFL here on odd man rush. A couple of baseball stories though. So be sure to stick around And Why don't we start with rookie quarterback watch Luke? I don't know if we want to make it a love it. recurring segment perhaps of odd man rush, but we'll, we'll let you decide next week when you take the, uh, the reins. Zach Wilson, we talked about at 20 of 37 in the lost Carolina Mac Jones in okay day 23 of 39, 281 yards. A touchdown and a sack in the Patriots' loss to the Miami Dolphins. Trevor Lawrence, Luke, 28 of 51 for 332 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, a sack in a 37 to 21 loss to Houston. That's his first regulation loss or regular season loss, I should say, of his entire football career. Absolutely wild. Yeah. And, and finally, you know, Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance and Justin Fields don't do much. Don't really want to count them in the conversation with just a couple of snaps each one thing I noticed right off the bat is all these teams not protecting their quarterbacks you usually you want to see a running game get established to some extent you know protect the quarterback don't make them throw as much as they have and for Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer I mean 51 pass attempts is crazy that's got to be I would imagine that's the most for a, a, a rookie starter in his first game
0: yeah to be fair that we're down like 20 like right out the bat so they definitely was playing from behind because i think normally they're going to give james robinson some touches um uh, i'll wait to talk about wilson because you know that's that's more jets heavy and, and, and we'll dive into that but i think all the quarterbacks looked okay i mean lawrence obviously didn't look great um but i thought everyone looked pretty good i thought mac jones played a, a really solid kind of game manager type of role i mean he didn't make any terrible passes um and he looked pretty solid uh i I can't, be- I can't believe Justin Fields isn't starting yet. Like, to me, he has to be starting week two. I mean, Andy Dalton didn't look good. Uh, the-, the Bears' defense is bad. So, to me, when I look at the Bears right now, it's like, you know, coming into the year, they're like, okay, maybe we can make the playoffs if Andy Dalton plays like Mitch last year, kind of manages the game. They have a good run game and a good defense. But I think their defense is going to be pretty bad this year. I think it's pretty clear they're, they're kind of at that point where that core group is getting old like we saw in Seattle a few years ago. And now that they don't look like a great team, so why not throw in Justin Fields at this point? And, and that's how I feel. So I, we'll see. And they haven't even given a reason why not. I think Matt
1: Nagy was asked, "What is just promise Andy Dalton?" <laughs> I don't know. That's really all it is, because he was asked, "What does Andy Dalton do that Justin Field doesn't do?" And he basically said, "I'm not really here to compare quarterbacks, you know, Andy Dalton <laughs> and <the> quarterback." <laughs> then what are you here for? N- nothing, literally nothing. I don't know. It, that's such a, you know, a backwards situation. I mean, you you invest. A future first-round pick and a quarterback, you're not even going to play him, is is wild to me. But, look, it's going to be rough down there in Jacksonville. And why don't we transition to a story I have a little bit further down just on the state of the Jacksonville team in general, Luke. Because you have a team that is just surrounded by a lot of talent. You know, just Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are not used to losing. In his last nine seasons, Urban Meyer had lost nine games with Ohio State he could feasibly lose more than that this, this season alone. Like, we've already heard reports, Luke. Uh, Josh Canfora out of CBS Sports was, uh, told so, or had sources tell him that his temper and lack of familiarity with the ebbs and flows of the NFL calendar were already rubbing people the wrong way, uh, him being Urban Meyer. He's already had some issues with other coaches. A source said he's become unhinged too easily and doesn't know how to handle losing. This team might be a dumpster fire. Just in the sense that their two biggest pieces, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence,
0: don't know how to
1: act when they lose because they've never done it. They haven't lost in ages.
0: Yeah, and I think it's more Urban than, than Trevor Lawrence. I think it's just the, the fact that I don't think this is going to work out. Like I don't see any way that this works out, to be honest, because Urban, he treats them like college players. We kind of saw that with the preseason loss, and he kind of flipped out seems to have a short temper, seems to not really be all that well-received around the locker room, and that's a bad sign for the Jaguars franchise, because Urban Meyer came here because he wanted Trevor Lawrence, because he wanted to have a chance at that number one pick, and now it's already, after one week, seems like it's falling apart, and on the other side, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, this is his first year with the franchise, and you're already off to a bad start, you're already thinking about maybe the next coach that he's going to have, so for him, to maybe you have to go through another system, go through another head coach, is a real issue, and it's crazy to talk about it for week one, but I really don't know how this works out because Urban Meyer just seems like his – he just can't handle it. He can't handle losing. He can't handle uh, the the pressures of the NFL or whatever it is, but it's it's not working out. But we had to protect
1: Trevor Lawrence from the Jets, of course, because that's the only dumpster fire in all the NFL. Um, One story, Luke, that kind of ties in with this is that the Twitter account Reddit CFB, so Reddit College Football, they're verified, tweeted – Sources, Colin Urban Meyer, considering resigning as head coach of the Jaguars, saying his heart's just not in it now you Luke obviously are more of a Twitter expert than I am, and I would ask you, is there any semblance or or reason to believe
0: that this is true no, I think it's I think it's like a sarcastic thing because that account is is almost always like satire like it's not usually used for for actual things but i mean the the crazy thing is like we had to stop and be like hey is this real because it's actually a real possibility with with clay holmes being fired from usc uh it's always been talked about urban wanting to go to usc um that'd be such a bad look for him though like to me i would lose a lot of respect for him if after one game at the nfl he's like no you know i'm going back to college like i'm not even gonna give this a, a chance like that to me would be Such a a knock at, you know, not like the Jaguars franchise is top of the line or anything, but such a knock to them, such a knock to Trevor Lawrence. Just be like, you know what? I'm out. But also, if this is how he acts, maybe
1: the NFL is not meant for him. Or maybe maybe he's not made out for the NFL because you can't tell me that acting like this is normal. And he's a guy that one loss in college ruins your season, right? Your season's over if you lose one game. In the NFL, you can lose the first five and make a run if you're lucky. And I'm not saying that yeah. this is something that that team would do, but it's scary and you've got to figure it out this season. And the next coach has to be the right one for Trevor Lawrence or else he might get ruined. Right. I mean, he had a solid day, you know, maybe the interceptions were a lot, but they weren't all his fault to some extent and 332 to 32 yards is, is really impressive. You know, we obviously know he can play, but at what point does he get the Sam Donald treatment when he just runs through too many, too many
0: coaches? Yeah, it's definitely a major problem in, in Jacksonville right now. Like you said, you know, we talk about the, the Jets all the time, obviously, on the show, and it kind of does mirror kind of what happened with, with Sam Darnold and all his coaches. You need, you need good coaching in the NFL. Like You can have talent, but if you don't have the right system or the right coach, it, it's tough to, to overcome. One guy with talent, Luke,
1: Aaron Rodgers. He certainly didn't show it. I don't know. It. He didn't show it last. Oh, yesterday. I should. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. My goodness, just disgraceful. Look, it's been, oh, you it's been only a have to host day.
0: one segment today, and you can't even Look, do it's, it.
1: It's been a long day, right? It's been a long day. I want to go to bed. Early shift tomorrow. Got to be up at eight o'clock, Luke. I'm sure you know plenty of that. Wow, yeah, that's tough. I can't even imagine. No, you, you certainly couldn't. Uh, 15 to 28 for Aaron Rodgers. 133 yards, two two interceptions and in a 38 to a three loss. Uh, Rodgers, the reigning MVP, said, "Quote: I played bad. You think? <laughs> you, you think, Aaron?" Uh, Matt Lafleur said today we were absolutely embarrassed. Uh, they absolutely embarrassed us today, and and Luke, this is embarrassing. This is a bad look for Aaron Rodgers to play the he way himself. he did after complaining all season long or all off season long, I should say. He can't even show up to week one. You deserve to be traded at this point. You stink. You stunk in week one.
0: It's awful. It's a bad look. And I know it was a joke, but, like, people being on Twitter being like Aaron Rodgers is, like, the, <laughs> destroying the Packers from the inside, like, it felt like that. Like, it looked like he didn't know how to play anymore. Like, I was, I was mind-blown by the fact that he, he looked so terrible. And then, you know, he even got benched at the end. Obviously, it's not really a true benching. It's just, like, why even play him when you're losing by 30 with 10 minutes to go. Um, but, look, it was clear that there was one elite quarterback in that game and one below average quarterback. That's just the truth of the matter. And, Luke, I got to give you credit because you've been on the Jameis bandwagon for a very long
1: time, and it finally paid off. I'll give you credit. 14 to 20, 148 yards. Did you change my 5 to 7 TDs, or did I write 7?
0: No, you wrote –
1: I didn't change that. Okay, that's supposed to say five touchdown passes, the fewest passing yards needed for five touchdown passes uh, in a single game. 37 yards rushing as well for Jameis Winston. And, man, I mean – I don't want to say he looked good because he threw the ball twenty times, but he did his job right. He did not play bad. He played very good.
0: Did you uh, see his quote after the
1: game? Yes, I did. When he said, uh, "When he talked about preparation, what his coach said, and, and forgot what his coach said on, on live TV." Yes, that,
0: that was, was hilarious. Nice.
1: It's, it's days like him. these. I wish we had audio. I know.
0: We so could we play can, that. Uh, we could play the uh, oh, what was the other. There's another sound I think we wanted, too. Oh, no, it was the Daniel Jones picture, which I just saw, which was yeah, was pretty bad. But, yeah, yeah Jameis looked good. I'm not going to, you know, victory lap it, obviously, because, I mean, to be honest, the Packers' defense looked terrible. I mean, you, you can see in the numbers. I mean, he only threw for 148 yards, but five touchdowns. No interceptions. That's big for Jameis. The eye surgery is looking good. Uh, you know, it, Jameis gets a lot of heat, and he does all those weird workouts and things. But I was listening to an interview with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he said even, like, coming into the league, like, no one works harder than Jameis. Like, he had to tell Jameis, like, dude, like, go home. Like, you can't just sit at the practice facility all day, every day and obsess over football. Like, you need to have a life outside of it. So, as much crap as he gets and, you know, the whole crab leg thing kind of still hangs over him for for who knows what reason. But at the end of the day, like, he's a guy that wants to work and he's a guy that wants to win and, and he's quirky and, and he says weird things. But at the end of the day, if he can play like this, the Saints are going to be feeling pretty good about themselves.
1: Could you imagine how
0: ridiculous it's
1: going to be if he turns out to be, like, a franchise quarterback just because he just didn't couldn't see. He just needed
0: glasses. Yeah. They're like, Hey, like, can you see like, no, I actually can't like why it takes so long to correct. Yeah.
1: (laughs) This screams, this is very reminiscent of our own uh, friend, AJ Batista, who refuses to wear his glasses and just can't see. And we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll be hanging out in the, in our apartment, whatever, doing whatever we, we used to, I should say. And, he wouldn't be able to see. And we'd be playing, you know, games, whatever it is. And he just couldn't, couldn't do it. And this is what it feels like. Uh, Luke, before we continue with Odd Man Rush, Mikey P chimes in on the Twitch chat. Feel free to chime in whenever you're listening. And, or tweet at us, right? At Watling and yeah. Owens. He says Aaron's having another 6-9-1 season. But then he also says after that, the Packers are going to be 4-1 after week five. Oh, so one eight, four one
0: ending. Wow, who are they going to tie to? I would love to know. Who are the. uh, I love. Predicting a tie is a real gutsy move. Well, it is. They play the the Lions. Oh, Monday Night Football next week is Packers Lions. Uh, They play the Lions, the Niners, the Steelers, and the Bengals. I don't know. The Niners and the Steelers, that's tough. I don't know if they can win four in a row. I love that you're, you're you're, you're talking about the four and one versus the six, nine and one. That's true. Well, let's see. They could tie. I don't know the Bears. Maybe they tie the Bears. I don't know. Okay, the, you're you're missing the point, Luke. The
1: the point is that. Well, first off, they couldn't go six nine and one because that's only sixteen games. But the point is, Mike. I think maybe Mike P's, You know, bring that up as a as a joke. But if this team's below five hundred, that's horrible. Oh, that'd I be mean, worse. I mean, think that'd be this the whole biggest. Bus,
0: yeah. a bring
1: it Would that be the back. biggest
0: shock? Oh my, this is bad. We're just talking over each other. Would it be the biggest surprise of the year to you? Out of all the divisions, if the Packers didn't win the NFC North, would that be the biggest shock to you of all of them?
1: Yeah, I think it would. Because that division's not good. I mean, you talked about it, Luke. The Chicago defense is meh. That Minnesota team, they're I think they're working progress, right?
0: Yeah. I think they'll be
1: okay. And and maybe Cincinnati's better than we expect. Maybe it's the uh, the week one maybe. situation where, you know, the first four weeks don't count. And then you turn to Detroit, which I thought they'd be sneaky good, and I, I don't think they are. They might be. I mean, they, they played well in the second half. I think they're going to be bad, though. Mikey Peace chimes in again. His point's not really about the record. But <laughs> if, if Rodgers has a, a mediocre season, that, that might be, for me at least, that might tarnish his legacy. Not that he won't be a Hall of Famer. Not that he won't be you know, remembered as an elite quarterback of this generation and possibly of all time. But it's just a bad look. Like yeah. This would just solidify my
0: belief that he's just a bad guy. You know, yeah, I agree. And you see all these like weird commercials he's doing now. He's just—he's getting all zen. He's trying to be too zen, and like it's just weird. I—who I, who was I listening to? It was
1: oh, oh, who is he? he played for the Niners at one point, I think.
0: John L I mean, no, John, John Lynch. <laughs> no. Oh, let me find uh, Steve it. Up. Steve Young. I think was it Steve Young? He's always—he's on ESPN all the time. Yeah, it was Steve Young who
1: said maybe this whole zen thing isn't the best for this team because you've got young guys that are following that approach and basically if everyone's done on this team there's no urgency
0: He kind of feels like he doesn't care to a certain extent it's hard yeah. to say that because you don't know but it kind of he kind of comes off that way and if you're gonna come off that way that's all we have to judge so you gotta he's got to get it right
1: yeah and i mean you know after a full off season like i said before of sitting out you never know if his heart's really in it in green bay but let's move on luke to someone that was traded out of the nfc north matt stafford he impresses 20-26 to 26 on Sunday Night Football, 321 yards, three touchdowns in the 34-14 to 14 win. Luke, does, does this performance change what your expectation was for L.A.? Because for some reason, no. I didn't think of them as a Super Bowl contender or shoe-in Super Bowl team. I don't know why. I guess it might have been all on Jared Goff, but this is a good team.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to lean with me. Well, I, th- I had them winning the division. I had them making the-, the NFC Championship, so I was pretty high on them because they have a great defense, and all they really needed was uh, an above. I'm not saying Goff isn't. He's he's solid, but I think Stafford is definitely a-, a touch above. But my thing is, like, why are people like, oh, Matthew Stafford, man. Like, no one talks about how good he is. Like, everyone knew he was good already. Like, I, like, I don't want to single anyone out, but people being like, oh, I was right about Matthew Stafford, like. He's statistically one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And the only question was, can he do it on a bigger stage? And he's done it in, in the first game. And it, after, you know, one throw, everyone's like, oh, Stafford and the, the Rams to the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of games left. That division is tough, but I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a good
1: quarterback. He's been a good quarterback for his entire career. The fact that he's putting up the numbers. So why, Detroit. Yeah, it's like, it's why are we pretending to
0: be surprised
1: by it? Like we know what he was. Yeah, he was never a, a met quarterback. I mean, this team just invested a handful of first-round picks for this guy. Yeah, so he better be exactly. delivering, right? Um, yeah. From one veteran to another, Luke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, leaves in the second quarter after being hit by Uchenna Nuosu of the L.A. Chargers. Chargers. Sorry, I didn't write down <laughs> who they played. Uh, and they end up with Taylor Heineke starting the rest of the game 11 to 15 122 yards a touchdown and he's expected to start on Thursday with Kyle Allen backing him up first off a, a really tough blow for Fitzpatrick who ends up on IR you know you, you feel for him after ah. what he kind of went through last year in Miami you know being thrusted out of a the starter role despite having you know a really solid season by his standards and and now he plays his first game in Washington a team that needed a game manager, and and now he kind of gets bounced after the first uh, week of the season.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Hopefully he can make it back after, you know, the six-week mark that they've set. But, yeah, it's tough because he finally gets that that opportunity to start on a a playoff-caliber team, and this happens. But Cam Newton, I mean, the name floated around when he was first cut by the the Patriots because of his connection with Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera said Fitz is our guy. But without Fitz, who knows? Maybe Cam will be reuniting with Ron Rivera. It feels
1: like Rivera doesn't want Cam on his team anymore. I, I don't that's think, what, I think That's what right. it, it feels like. And he's trying to say it in a way that's not harsh.
0: Just yeah. because,
1: I mean, is it worth throwing Cam in there and if he stinks just cutting him after a week or two? But then he has to learn a whole new playbook or you know, or, or some new plays. Yeah. He has to get adjusted and get some chemistry. If you sign him today, you're probably not starting him for a month. And by the time that wraps up, Fitzpatrick's back.
0: Yeah, 100%. I don't think Cam really has it anymore. And and you could tell the Patriots don't want him kind of being that backup quarterback kind of distraction that is always kind of looming over the starter. So, I don't know if Cam finds a home this year. Yep, and, and let me pay off, Luke, the, the
1: one baseball story that I promised as we run out of time here and we can jump back on the Jets after this. Max Serzer had himself a day on Sunday. How about that? Became the 19th pitcher to record 3,000 strikeouts in a career and nearly had a perfect game, Luke, retiring the first 22 batters before Eric Hosmer doubled to right in that eighth inning.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because in that kind of generation of pitch- pitchers, it was Kershaw and Verlander were kind of the two headliners, and then Scherzer was kind of the, the third guy. But these past few years, man, Scherzer has really shown he might be the best of that group. And now he's obviously on the same team as Clayton Kershaw. He's got that championship ring. I mean, he is special. I mean, he is, is absolutely incredible. I mean, he's basically thrown almost all no-hitters since coming to the Dodgers. He's been that good. So, uh, tip the captain extra. Max are an incredible career that's, that's still going, that he's still dominating in. Um, I was really happy for him.
1: And he's one of seven players, Luke, to win three Cy Youngs and hit, record 3,000 strikeouts.
0: Yeah, I mean, all-time great. He really is. And it's crazy because when he was with Detroit, he was the third guy behind Justin Verlander and David Price. But he really has had the longevity that I don't think people saw coming.
1: No, certainly didn't, and he's been, Look, you said in L.A., 29.2 innings pitched, zero earned runs. And you have to explain this to me, Luke. Why does he have an ERA of .88 in L.A. if he hasn't given up an earned run? Wait, really? Yeah. In, unless uh, I – I mean, that's what I – I'll read you the exact line in the story because it made no sense to me when I was reading it. Uh, the line says – let's see here, and we'll, and we'll get on after this. Scherzer has tossed 29 and two-thirds innings without allowing an earned run and is 6-0 in eight games with a 0.88
0: ERA since joining the Dodgers at the trade deadline. While well, I was looking on baseball reference, it says he has five earned runs since joining the, Do- the Dodgers in 51 innings. So I, I don't maybe know. Maybe the last
1: 29 and two-thirds he hasn't given up a run? Yeah, that must be it. I would guess. I don't know. That's weird, though. Or maybe that was the first 29 and two-thirds? Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know why they wrote it like that. That that That's annoying. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I won't blame you for that. Well, let, Let's get to the he Jets here, it, Luke. Why don't it. you take us away here in what I'm calling the Sam Darnold revenge game. But the Jets might actually be the winners in the long run.
0: That's right. Sam Darnold, like we talked about earlier, he had a really solid game, 24 of 35, 291 yards and a touchdown. A lot of help from Christian McCaffrey, but that's the, the advantage you have of playing with a guy like Christian McCaffrey. If, if you can... Take advantage of it, and then go for it. Um, he had that nice pass to Robbie Anderson, but we we talked about Sam Donald, and you could talk about him more if you want. I want to talk about Zach Wilson. Uh, he made his debut. We talk, uh, Nat gave you the numbers in the odd man, but twenty of thirty-seven, two hundred fifty-eight yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Did get sacked six times, but he looked really good in the in the uh, in the second half, and it started in the second quarter, but kind of from there on, you know, it, you could see in the beginning he was maybe a little nervous, maybe just trying to get into a rhythm but once he got into a rhythm he looked really solid and I think that's my one takeaway from this game is that he looked he looked like he's very capable of being a good NFL quarterback and I think that's the really good news for the Jets you know it's one game it's against the Panthers say whatever you want but I, I like to play for him I thought he looked pretty poised I thought he looked pretty comfortable after that those first couple of drives and I think overall he had a really good game he looked really solid Luke
1: and I think watching that game there was excitement watching him throw the ball, right? I wanted to see what he would do with that football. Whereas with with Darnold, it was almost like, okay, are you going to – what are you going to do? You know, like – and you bring this up a lot. There's not as much kind of spice to Darnold's game. He's a solid quarterback, but he's not going to run outside the pocket all that much and throw the deep ball. Whereas with Zach Wilson, you kind of get that a little bit more. It was really exciting. And I think the one play that really stood out to me was – it was two plays after he got sacked really hard, and he had said, you know, I got some whiplash on it because his head just banged against the uh the turf.
0: Two cool. plays
1: later, he's throwing a touchdown. And that was just awesome to watch, Luke. It really was.
0: Yeah, and it felt like the Jets could have really laid down and died in that game. Like, it felt like the momentum really started shifting in Carolina, and then it was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, the Jets are still in this game. Like, they really kind of had that that turnaround that I think started like, I think it was halfway through the uh, – I'm trying to – I was trying to pull it up. I can't remember the exact point of the game, but there were a few plays. Uh, it was the, the long touchdown pass. When did that happen? I was trying to look it up. There we go. Uh, it was in the third that Corey Davis got the 22-yard pass, cut it to five. And then once Carolina went up 19-8, to it kind of felt like it was over. But the Jets showed some life. Uh, we're almost able to get the ball back. And, look, the good thing is we're not talking about the coach right now. You know, Robert Sala didn't make any terrible coaching decisions that we had to talk about right now. So – that seems like that's going well. The defense played pretty well too. I mean, Sam Darnold kind of helped them out with that one play, but I think overall you have to be pretty happy. Obviously, it's a loss and and we can't, you know, glorify every single loss. But, you know, when we look at the three teams we talk about, it's like the Bills, high expectations, they lost, and we're not too worried about it. The Giants, middle tier, but they have some playoff expectations, they lost, and we're pretty worried. The Jets, they lost, and we're feeling pretty good about it. So I think that's kind of how we assess the three teams. You you can assess it that way, but for this Jets team the injuries are a real worry. I mean, they are
1: real concern. Yeah, yeah. You lose a Marcus Joyner, basically with him out and some of the other pieces they lost during the, the, during the preseason, you've lost your top three free agent or off-season acquisitions on the defensive end of the ball. That's tough. You know, that, that offensive line was brutal. And now you lose Makai Beckton for four to six weeks. And, you know, maybe you're fortunate that it's only four to six weeks. I mean, the way he was getting carted off the field or, or helped off the field, Luke, I don't know if you saw it, but it was scary. I mean, he, uh, was, I was sad. he was crying on the sideline.
0: Yeah, and was saying, like, I, did, I was playing so well. Like, I was, you know, you could, you could kind of read his, his lips and his body language. It was, it was really kind of gut-wrenching. And I was like, man, that's got to be a season-ending. But hopefully for the Jets, he'll be back in a few weeks. Yeah, he had basically got uh,
1: rolled up on from behind. You know, a big lineman fell on his, uh, his leg. They're saying that his knee was dislocated, and they've got to clear out the cartilage around his knee. Uh, that'll move George Luke to the left tackle position and Morgan Moses from the bench to the right tackle spot. And, and that scares me because you can't let this guy get hit six times or sack six times, hit ten times overall because he is not the biggest or most resilient quarterback in terms of his size. Sure, he can bounce back up and throw a touchdown right after, like we saw, but if he's going to get hit ten times every single game, he's going to get worn down. He's going to get injured, and you can't afford to have this guy Miss games one and two,
0: get injured because it could be, you know, career ending at some point. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Joe Burrow last year how scary that injury was behind that offensive line. And look, the thought was the starting offensive line was pretty solid, but like Dan Feeney's the the backup at every single position. Like they had no depth when they released their depth try. That was my one thing with Joe Douglas. I was like, okay, don't make a big splash, don't make a big splash, but you got. You need some offensive linemen. Like you need some depth there. And and I don't know if guys weren't out or you know maybe there's weren't good free agents out there. But now it becomes a problem. And you have the, the starting center, uh, and Connor McGovern saying, well, we knew they were going to heat it up. That's what happens when you have a younger quarterback. Four of their six sacks came with with four four linemen rushing. So that that's a really bad sign for them. And I think that uh, if the offensive line can't be better, it has to be scary because Zach Wilson he has the ability to evade. He has the ability to to get out of it. But you don't want your quarterback to, to always have pressure in his face. You can't learn that way. You can't really grow that way. And you can, you can easily get injured, like you said.
1: And, look, I wonder when we start talking about Joe Douglas on the hot seat a little bit. And it might not happen this season, Ooh. but hear me out. He's had, he's I, been kinda the GM. Tried,
0: I tried to get the ball rolling before, but I, I kind of walked it back a little
1: bit. He's been the GM for the last three seasons. He said, look, I'm a, an offensive lineman. He was an offensive lineman by trade as a player. Why is this line so bad? You know, we give Dave Gettleman a lot of garbage for his offensive line, and, and this one's not that much better. At what point do we say, Joe Douglas, where's your offensive line? Because it's not going to be top 15 in the NFL this year, I'd imagine. You know, I know you have the, the pro football focus rankings, Luke, uh, at your disposal, so throughout the season we'll have to monitor it. This offensive line is, is not that good right now, and I don't know if it's the scheme or if it's the players, but it's got to get better because you can't afford to lose your, your rookie quarterback
0: yeah, hundred percent. and and I agree with you, obviously the the seat isn't as hot as Gettlemans, but it's a similar situation, right? Where they talk about how much you need an offensive line, how badly you you have to protect the quarterback, and then they don't really do it. But the good news for Zach Wilson is although he may have the the offensive line problems that Sam Donald has uh, had when he was with the Jets, he's got a lot of really good weapons. I mean, Corey Davis looked like he can be a legit number one, which is what you need him to be five catches, uh, ninety two yards, and a touchdown. so, I mean, that alone gives you some hope. Um, the run game could be a problem, I think. I think that going in, you kind of thought that as well. Um, but he's at least got some guys to throw to on, on offense. He does, and I thought it was
1: awesome to watch Corey Davis. I mean, an absolute stud. Five receptions, 87 yeah, yards, two touchdowns. He's your legit number one. Uh, one thing that was weird, Luke, is you know Elijah Moore was said to have such a great preseason – And he gets one catch, a drop on four targets. Michael Carter, the running back, was, it seemed like everyone was so hot on him. And then he drops to what was the fourth string running back, Uh, you know, the day before, I think it was last Thursday. So those two things were kind of strange. And then uh, Denzel Mimsluke, you invest a second round pick in him in in 2020, takes just three snaps with Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder out. When those guys get back, you imagine his snap count could get even lower and um, Rob Sala basically said, look, he, um, I'm mincing his words a little bit, but he basically said once Sala can learn or once Mims can learn all three positions, you know, wide receiver positions and not just be an outside threat, he can be our fourth guy to fill in when everybody needs a break, not just when that outside receiver position needs a break.
0: It is a head scratcher, though, right, that, that Mims isn't really getting more playing time because when he played last year, he looked pretty solid. And I know he's kind of – was he – was he the one that had the, the food thing, or was he mm-hmm. injured? I can't remember. Food. Okay, Okay. so maybe that's part of it. Um, but, yeah, either way, he didn't, he didn't really get a lot of playing time, so I was kind of surprised by that. But I think what Zach Wilson showed was that he's very capable of being good, and if he can get comfortable, but it's hard to get comfortable when your offensive line isn't that great.
1: Yeah, and, and hopefully they don't have a, a Joe Burrow situation, because I can't imagine oh. you want your quarterback tearing his ACL. Just because, no, look, Joe I Burrow would came assume back and, and balled out in week one. But you, you don't want your starting quarterback taking injuries like that this early in his career. You've got to wrap him in bubble wrap and make sure that he's as safe as possible because he's your franchise at this point, right? Zach Wilson is the, is the golden ticket, and, Z- and Joe Douglas is hoping to cash that one in and win a Super Bowl for this team.
0: That's right. And our golden ticket is Matt Watlin. Oh, thank unfortunately, you. Unfortunately, Matt, we don't get to hear from you anymore because this show's over. But we will be back. On Wednesday night, we'll have our picks. Didn't go so hot in week one. We're looking to bounce back. And, of course, we'll preview all the games. Big game for the Giants on Thursday night, so I'm sure we'll talk about that pretty heavily. So we will see you guys on Wednesday right here on Twitch TV.